Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the MTG Untapped podcast. I am your host, I am the Micah, and joining me as always is the guy who puts the man in commander. He is Costa. How are you, my friend? I am the man. Thank you for that, Micah. That was a wonderful introduction. A lot better than the lesser known Greek goddess spaghetti and meatballs? No, that's pretty good too. All right. Well, today on the show, we're going to be discussing the hodgepodge of news from over the past week. And because I've been having an amazing time with them and no one has told me to stop, I've prepared another game for Costa. If you've been enjoying them, follow us on Twitter and let us know. And if you'd like me to stop, follow us on Twitter and let us know that instead. But we're going to get started off with the news, with a Modern Horizon 2 news. It has been announced that the set will have a release date of June 11th, 2021. It'll have a pre-release on June 4th, and it will have collector's boosters as part of its set makeup. Costa, do you have a lot to say on this revolutionary news? I mean, you know, it might be repetitive, but yeah, I'll say a lot of words. It was a little sooner than some people were expecting. That's going to put it really close to whatever the Dungeons and Dragons set is. Won't, won't it? Um, No, I thought the, I thought the, oh, I know you're right. Yeah. The D and D's, uh, Set for the summer. Yeah, so that makes sense, though, because I think it's replacing the uh, the core, the core. set. Yeah. That'll be out around July, won't it? That should be right, yeah. July, August, somewhere around there. We had a lot to talk about in this Modern Horizon 2 news. I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, I'll open some of these enemy-colored fetch lands. They'll be finally be re- reprinted. Yeah, that's... I think most people are looking forward to that. Um, I think the confirmation on the collector boosters instead of some people might have speculated with the VIP packs were coming. So that's also kind of good news. Um, I know they had a real controversy in the beginning, just because first of all, VIP uh, that insinuation, people don't really like uh, valued. Uh, what is it? What I'm even drawing a blank. What a VIP is. It's a valuable, important person or something like that. Right. So something like that. yeah. So, uh, People don't like that. And then on top of that, being basically a $100 booster um, might have turned away some people. So I think the collector boosters was the right, was the right way to go with this. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm looking forward to this. I mean, we kind of assumed that this was coming anyway uh, because MH1 had the little note on their MH1. And so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how modern shakes up. I know me and you really don't play it that much, but I think one of these days we're going to get into it or at least get you into some kind of constructive besides EDH because, uh, you know, keep trying to reel you in. So, and Everyone said Modern Horizon 2 is basically the very first Commander Legend set, so, you know. It is. It, 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 I mean, it really produced a lot of good Commander stuff. People just didn't realize that it was also really producing a lot of good modern stuff. Who would have thunk, right? Mm-hmm. So it was in there. All right, Modern Horizons 2... Coming to you in the beginning of June. We'll be moving on to talk about some Strixhaven news. So some stores, websites, etc. began taking pre-orders for pre-release kits. And in that occurrence, it is it was revealed that kits will be themed according to the college color pairs. Sort of like the Ravnica pre-release kits had... Uh, theme to each of the guilds of that set and so to a little quick refresher the college color pairs in the set are 
Silver Quill, which is black white, Prismari, which is blue red, Witherbloom, which is black green, Lorehold, which is red white, and Quandrix, which is blue green. The kit will have five Strixhaven School of Mages draft boosters, one Strixhaven School of Mages college booster, with the rare or mythic slot being a card from the pre release packs college. One foil promo stamped rare or mythic card from Strixhaven School of Mages. One Magic the Gathering Arena code card in select regions. And one spin down life counter. Costa, are you excited they're bringing this back for Strixhaven? Yeah, I kind of like that they changed it up. You know, they, they had this formula for the longest time where you had a, um, I think in the beginning it was like a seated card and then eventually they moved to a seated pack. And so uh, I don't like it for every set. However, when it comes to, you know, in this case, the colleges and before with Ravnica, we had the guilds. I do like that they do that because a lot of people resonate with their colored pies, if you will. Um, And so this gives you an opportunity to feel like you're in that wizarding world and that wizarding college. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. And as I recall, I, when did I invite you for your first pre-release? My very first pre-release event was Theros Beyond Death. Oh. So I have not gotten to do one of these pre-releases where you pick your color pair and your kit will naturally be skewed in that direction. So I'm very interested and excited to try that out for the very first time. Yeah, I'm pretty interested to see how you handle it. Um, I mean, your your analysis of cards when it comes to limited is, is usually pretty good. I think you're a little... Um, what's the word I'm looking for risky or optimistic when it comes to branching out in a bunch of different directions with your colors. But I'm curious to see how well you're going to do with this. Cause I find them pretty fun. It, it gives it, sometimes it gives it like a very uh, simplistic view of what you're going to do. Because again, you're, you know, a, what is that? A six of your color, you know, for sure is in one direction. And so you're just picking cards in that color at, at that point, but it still makes a really cool feel. So I think you'll like this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think personally, as of today, we're recording this on March 11th, uh, I think I would pick a Quandrix kit just because blue-green is most likely to have something busted. Yeah, I Quandrix is cool. I think I would probably go for limited either silver quill or lore hole just because typically aggressive strategies well actually no aggressive strategies and and sealed aren't that great uh so probably silver quill i think that'll give me a good mid-range and depending on what white, white cards they choose I and mean, even the command itself i think in limited is pretty good so i'll probably go silver quill one of those pairs that has colors with lots of removal seems like a really smart play in limited yeah too bad the things on sorcery speed that's the only reason why i can't get people with that but giving a creature three three and flying on a turn uh to get into big hits pretty nice actually the first time when i was putting all this together uh when i read it i was like all right five strict saving school of mages draft which is yeah yeah that's right and this it's like and then there's the seated pack when i read it i first read it as strict saving school of mages collector booster oh uh, that now i see what you're excited about yeah that would have been pretty amazing and then it said the rare mythic slot is from the pre-release packs college. I was like, how are they, how do they control that? They remembered which card was in the, the pack before they put it in the kit. And then we were getting ready to court and I go back over it again. And I was like, college booster. Whoops. Honestly though, that's now that you bring that up, it's actually a really cool idea that, 
you know, if we ever get big and famous and Watsy starts listening to us, maybe they'll, you know, kind of go back on one of these episodes and be like, Hey, you know what? That is a good idea. Cause honestly, like we've, we've moved away and now we're, we're getting a little off topic. Excuse me for the, uh, the scope being out of scope here, but, uh, we it used to be awesome for seal product uh pre-release kits because you would get like a stamp card and so it differentiate itself now we have so many foils like mass produced and the regular boosters and now we got collector boosters so i think putting something like that in the pre-release kits where it's accessible in collector boosters but you know not everyone has the the means uh to get a collector booster like putting something very similar like that or at least like an extended art and there would be real, I think it would be a really good idea. Like that would really help the LGSs, people who are, um, you know, getting into magic. It would just create a really cool, like, oh, wow, this is, so this is what an extended art is. So not a bad idea, man. Not a bad idea. I'm glad your, your, uh, what is this, uh, bad reading has, you know, paid off. So my illiteracy. Yeah. Literacy or, uh, what's the other one? Dyslexia. Well, maybe we can. Well, that's, that. that's kind of a condition, not an inability we but, put all conditions yeah. and inabilities in here sir all of them jerk saving pre-release kits new fun experience coming to you in april early april that's right yeah end of march early april something like that yeah let's move on to the third bit of news that we have and this is concerning historic anthology four for those that you don't know that uh historic is the format on mtg arena that allows you to play cards after they rotate in standard because MTG arena is a client that really focuses in on the standard format. But if you put money into it and the cards that you bought rotate, then you're kind of bummed out. It's like, all right, how do I play these cards? So a year and a half ago, tail end of 2019, I think it was uh, Watsy added the historic format to MTG arena. And so that is basically all the cards on the client are its legal card list and with a few bands, of course. And then every so often they will release a pack called the historic anthology, which adds a few new cards to shake up the meta. At least that's what they hope. And this is the fourth rendition of that event. So historic anthology four is available as of March 11th, day of recording yesterday if you're listening to this on release day it will be available through june 10th 2021 so the day before modern horizons 2 releases it will be available for 4,000 gems or 25,000 gold after that date you'll still be able to craft the cards with wild cards of the appropriate rarity and as was mentioned Historic Anthology 4 will be legal to play in historic formats upon release. They will be releasing 25 new cards into the meta. They broke the cards into specific sections. So first they announced some juicy new additions to white. And the three cards they added were Triumphant Reckoning, a nine mana sorcery from Commander Legends for six white, white, white. It says, return all artifact, enchantment, and planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. They also added Declaration in Stone, cast for one white. It's a sorcery. It says, exile target creature and all other creatures its controller controls with the same name as that creature. That player investigates for each non-token creature exiled this way. Investigate means make a clue, which is a 
artifact that you can pay two and sack it to uh, draw a card. And then they also added Thraben Inspector, a single white mana for one two that when it enters the battlefield you investigate. Costa, what do you think about these white cards they added to historic? Um, so I think I'll start off by saying uh, quickly that <laughs> no, I'll just go ahead and start with this for the white cards. Sure, they're fine. Actually, I take that back. Thraben Inspector is really awesome. Um, I think a lot of people... I didn't even realize how good this card was until, until I actually started playing with it. I mean, it's done so much work in like the human modern deck. But uh, yeah, the card is just a great value. One, you know, it's a sack fodder, gives you an artifact, uh, body to block, like it does everything. It's a great card. Declaration Stone, uh, great addition. Um, I really wish they would have like an instant speed exile at this point but they keep banning cards so i guess they don't need the, the instant speed right now so another great card triumphant reckoning is uh uh just uh, and i don't want to be that negative guy there's so many negative uh you know Forget that be negative do it no 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 we're, we're gonna be positive here i will say though that triumphant reckoning i don't see it having any play whatsoever for uh historic but it's kind of a cool like uh, uh brawl uh, addition so yeah i mean whatever like <clears throat> i think what we'll say like about all the cards that we're about to go over the one thing that i was happy about even though i think the power level on these are subpar is that um if you look at like the rarities on a lot of these like take example three inspector it's a common like I, don't, I think most people have like a ton of like wild card uh commons right and so it's great like i don't have to spend like my mythics or anything like that and the mythic that they chose is not like one that i really need so i only need one copy of it so i'll spend one mythic wild card so looking at all this like i can acquire most of this stuff uh, as a lot of people probably can like the things that you really want like three inspector and others that you'll get to i'm sure so yeah i really Three of Inspectors is a really good addition. Declaration of Stone, which I guess we should say it's a rare. Yeah, that and one is rare. It's probably the best white removal spell in Historic now, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any others right now that come to mind. So What's I'd it? agree with that. And then, uh, like you said, a Mythic that won't see any play in Historic. A Mythic that didn't even see any play in its limited format. You know what would have been a good one for the white as well would have been On Thin Ice, the uh, Modern Horizons uh, Chain of the Rocks. Uh, Mm -hmm. Since they have snow, I think that would have been a cool addition. So maybe we'll see some more snow stuff like that in the near future with these anthologies. I agree. Let's move on. The next little subsection that they broke up the anthology into was called Graveyard Shenanigans. And in this section, they added... Think twice, which is one in a white for an instant. It says draw a card and has flashback for two in a blue, which means you can cast it from your graveyard and then exile it afterwards. And that one's a common. We have spider spawning, four in a green for uncommon sorcery. Create a one, two green spider creature token with reach for each creature card in your graveyard. It has flashback for six in a black. And then adorned pouncer, one in a white for a rare cat. That's a one, one. And it has double strike, and you can eternalize it for three white, white. And eternalize allows you to exile it from your graveyard and make a 4-4 token copy of it. So you pay five mana, you exile it from your graveyard, and you have a 4-4 double strike. Costa, what do you think about these cards? So they're cool. Um, I... It's funny, with all three of these cards, I actually wish they didn't print these uh, because... 
I feel like these are way better in limited. Like Think Twice is like the most dirtily of dirtily cards, and being able to do it in limited is just that much more sweeter. So I really wish they would have saved it for like maybe like an Innistrad remastered, like if they were going to put that on here or whatever. And Adored Pouncer, I think probably should have been in the Amiket one or whatever this one, Our Devastation remastered, but. Uh, I didn't get to play that set, so it might have been too strong, which is why they left it out and then added it back in. But yeah, they're cool cards. I just wish I could have played with them unlimited. But uh, maybe with like uh, the cubes that they do, we'll get, they'll be in there. So that will be a common theme throughout this anthology. Is a lot of people said, why weren't most of these cards in either Kaladesh remastered or Amonkhet remastered, which released in 2020? Mm. Yeah, none of these cards. I don't think any of these cards are going to see play. No, I mean, they're not. I mean, Think Twice might simply because it's dirtily, but yeah. Next up, they set at least some new Snow Matters cards. The first one is Iceberg Cancrix. Cancrix? How do you say this? I mean, I th- I think it's Cancrix, but... I think of canker sores, so... <laughs> all, right, all right, whatever. All right, it is one in a blue for a snow creature crab. It is a common. And it's the zero four, and it says, whenever another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target player mill two cards. And next up, they have Merit Lage's Slumber, one in a blue for legendary snow enchantment at rare. Whenever Merit Lage's Slumber or another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more snow permanents, sacrifice Merit Lage's Slumber. If you do, create Merit Lage, or as I like to call it, Merit Large. That's a very original joke, I'm sure. A legendary 2020 Black Avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. Because you're going to make a sweet snow deck. You feel inspired? I do feel inspired. Yeah, I, I uh, seeing just these two cards. I now want um, what's the ambush viper one? Uh, uh, Ice Fang Quaddle and the Abomination. That's like a two a blue and a green, and it like locks something down in ETBs. I really want those to be printed now, just because it's like I like the snow. I've really enjoyed the snow mechanic uh, just all together now. So um, yeah, I like these cards. Again, uh, I don't know how much play these are going to see um snow's going to really have to break out and my concern with the the iceberg hankerx or the new crab is that i mean it does trigger on snow permanence so in theory you could just like pump out like both a land that's snow and like a creature and really get the chain going but it's two cards instead of three which is kind of a setback and uh mill has like a totally different strategy altogether now you could just run what what is that like nine crab or sorry, 12 crabs now. And I guess get a bunch of triggers, but yeah, these are pretty cool. I'm excited for those. I saw a lot of concern that neither of these cards are really going to see a lot of like competitive play. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like merit lage is slumber. I think a lot of people are going to play it just because it might be a really fun thing to do. But in terms of competitive, like if you play against like a black red or Jun sacrifice deck, Imagine getting your uh, 2020 Merit Large claimed the firstborn. That's 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 dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. Uh, yeah, that sucks. But no, I mean, as far as competitive is concerned, no, these aren't competitive. They're just fun. Which I mean, Arena like 
lot of people kind of use it like for either or and i'm definitely more of like let me just play whatever funness i can play so here we go i can't afford to draft the entire time so sometimes i have to play a little bit of constructed oh boo hoo i might we'll get to it later but i'm actually might be playing a lot more historic i might not win a lot but i might really i might feel more inspired to play it Hmm. okay that is interesting so the next section is like about shining swords and shouting goblins like peanut butter and chocolate and in this section they have sword of body in mind it's a three mana artifact equipment at mythic equipped creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from green and from blue Whenever a quick creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a 2-2 green wolf creature token, and that player mills 10 cards, and it equips for 2. Then they have Goblin Gavalier, single red, Goblin Warrior at common. It's a 1-1 with Trample, and Goblin Gavalier gets plus 2, plus 0 for each equipment attached to it. And then Bone Splitter, a 1-mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus 2, plus 0, and equips for 1. It is a common. Costa, are you going to talk these, more of these cards that aren't going to get any play in Historic? Yeah, it's funny because, like, Sword of Body in Mind is, um, I don't know, some people think it's the worst sword, and it might be for Constructed. I, again, I didn't get to play with it because I didn't play Mirrodin, or Mirrodin Besieged or whatever this is, Scars of Mirrodin. But, um, I mean, these are cool again, too. Like, I feel like they should have put in another complement piece. Um, so, Sigarda's Aid would have been really good with this, or... Um, the metalcraft guy who escapes me right now is a paladin. He's like a white and a white two two. I think. Yeah, pure snow paladin. That would have been really cool with these. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like more fun stuff. Uh, a bone splitter, I will say, is really weak though. I, I really feel like they could have done a different equipment than that. Like, I, I feel like we have one. Yeah, like you would just strictly play um, the spear. Shadow the, spear. Yeah, Shadow Spear. Like, same thing, right? Like, well, not same thing. It's actually better, but you know what I mean? Like, one equip cost, one drop. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Shadow Spear equips for two. Oh, does it equip for two? There's another one that equips for one, right? I'm, I'm kind of forgetting. There's the Golden Pickaxe. <laughs> oh, that's what I've been thinking of. Yeah, actually, I think the Pickaxe might just be better just because you get a treasure. treasure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, another kind of want want but again they have like a lot of cool pieces like maybe they're setting up something really big i'm kind of hoping that's the case um but yeah that you know just other more dirtle dirtle have fun cards until we get more pieces the next session was about discarding cards and first up was torment of scarabs it is a three and a black for an enchantment aura curse at uncommon it says enchant player at the beginning of Enchanted Player's Upkeep, that player loses three life unless they sacrifice a non-lane permanent or discard a card. Then there's Flameblade Adept, a single red for a Jackal Warrior 1-2 at Uncommon. It has Menace, and whenever you cycle or discard a card, Flameblade Adept gets plus one plus oh until end of turn. And then Faith of the Devoted, two and a black for Uncommon Enchantment. It says, whenever you cycle or discard a card, you may pay one. If you do, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Costa. Yeah. I think uh, Flame Blade Adept, I'm definitely happy about. I think that was definitely one of the cards that they didn't print, I guess, because they already had this anthology coming or maybe it would have been too strong. But that's great. Do we get? Do you know if we got Hollow One in Amakit Remastered? I think that was in there, right? I will look it up real fast. Okay. And then, um, yeah, the other two cards are just 
whatever. Like I haven't played with either one of them. And like, I see this and I want to be like, Oh cool. Commander stuff. But then I'm like, it's brawl. So, and if I don't know, I've been playing brawl off and on again and it's pretty competitive. Like people are really just going for the throat kind of stuff. And so this just seems too slow to even be in there. So yeah, I mean, we got flame blade adept at uncommon. So I'll crank up four of these and start running cycling again. Hollow one was an Omen cat remastered. Awesome. So that's cool. So cool. They, the cycle deck uh, just got another really good piece. All right. So moving on, we got some elf stuff. So we have Lise Alana Huntmaster, two and green green. For a elf warrior at common, it is a 3 3, and it says whenever you cast an elf spell, you may create a 1 1 green elf warrior creature token. And then we have Abomination of Lanawar. One black green for legendary creature elf horror. It has vigilance and menace and abomination of land wars. Power and toughness are each equal to the number of elves you control plus the number of elf cards in your graveyard. Costa, do you think either of these makes it into the historic elf deck? I think there's a small chance that abomination of land war will just because I mean, you know, from our playing in a commander legends draft, like the card gets pretty hard to handle, but it is three mana. It doesn't like progress the board like the other elves. I mean, we have the one, the Huntmaster, right? So he like uh, makes a, an elf when you cast your first elf a turn. And Alana would seem like a great fit there. But at four mana, it might be a turn uh, too slow. So uh, it's hard to say. But again, some more additions for Brawl, uh, some more fun cards. So And again, the Alana is a common, so that's super easy access. Abomination Alana War is an uncommon. So yeah, I mean, at least they made them really obtainable. So Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I don't think either of these cards are going to make it because, like you said, at least Alana Huntmaster is just too expensive. I mean, that deck that curves out of like three and then i don't know if it's going to want to splash green and make its mana worse for abomination land war because it has like allosaurus rider and all the lords so it doesn't really have a lot of problems making its creatures huge Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's true and it's and it's mono green yeah we don't have the uh the one that deals damage on etb the green block one so the uh shepherd of the pack yeah yeah we have the new one the four drop one from call time but I mean, unless you're really pumping them out. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We seem to have a theme going that most of these cards aren't really going to shake up the meta. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm hoping that it's just a setup. I mean, we're always hoping it's a setup and not getting hosed or gypped out of our money. So like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic, but yeah, I agree with that. All right, moving on, we have some new colorless cards. Well, not new, there's the new to the historic. Um, First up is Inspiring Statuary. It is a three mana artifact at rare and it says non-artifact spells you cast have improvise then we have cold steel heart two mana for a snow artifact it enters the battlefield tapped and when it etbs you choose a color and you can tap to add one mana of the chosen color and then we have blink moth nexus it is a land at rare it taps to add a colorless mana you can pay one and Blink Moth Nexus becomes a 1-1 Blink Moth artifact creature with flying until unturned. It is still a land. And one mana and tap it. Target Blink Moth creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Coast, why don't you start us off with explaining what Improvise is? 
sad. It's improvised is sad. No, <laughs> uh, I'm actually sad about Bleeding Ball Nexus, but I'll talk about that in a second. So, uh, improvise uses your artifacts to pay. You can tap your artifacts, kind of like convoke, to pay for the the spell's cost. Um, I the only thing I can't remember is if it just pays for German, uh, generic mana. Yeah, it just, only pays for generic mana. Yeah, so even if it has a color, it's not going to pay for blue or whatever. Do you have any other thoughts on the rest of these cards? Why did Blink Moth Nexus make you sad? <laughs> Maybe sad because I was like, you know, the, when they, because we saw, uh, what's his name? The Finn? one, th- yeah, we saw Finn. So I was like, all right, maybe we're going to get some poison soon. And then I saw the Blink Moth Nexus first when I was looking at the stuff. I was like, oh, Ink Moth's in here. No, it's not. But it's really cool, though. I do like Blink Moth Nexus. Um, and I think combined with Inspiring Statuary, it's going to be really good because, um, not that card in particular, but just an artifact deck uh, because we have uh, the card from uh, Kaladesh that picks up all your artifacts and draws you a card for that. I'm drawing a blank on all cards today. But anyways, there's a lot of combos that are enabled with Inspired Statuary and then Bleak Moth Nexus, you know, just being an artifact can add to that, you know, synergy period. So yeah, these are these are pretty cool. Cold Steel Heart. Um, I mean, it's a mana rock. For Brawl, sure, that's fine. It's not really going to... I don't think it's going to be competitive at all because it comes in tapped, so that's fine. I mean, it, it's it's okay. Uh, they should have just probably made some diamonds, honestly, and just made the pack bigger, I guess, but whatever. Well, I think Cold Steel Heart has snow, and we just got uh, the snow set. Oh, yeah, it is snow, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, they should have just printed the stupid busted one then, the Astrolabe. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't even think Astrolabe would be broken in Historic. That's probably a hot take, but yeah, I don't think it'd be broken. So it might have been good. Do you have any thoughts on why they didn't just put Inspiring Statuary in Kaladesh Remastered? Um, no. Uh, I, again, I, <laughs> there's a lot of recent sets i haven't drafted so funny enough and and i didn't play with this one maybe it was too strong there uh maybe they already had it slated for this and they wanted to they i guess thought this would beef up the product i don't know but now i really don't know why they didn't put that in there i'm trying to find that card you were talking about it's uh it's got sahili on there it's mm-hmm. a three and a blue paradoxical outcome that's what it is uh yes paradoxical outcome that is the card yeah that card's uh, that card's really fun, and then you have a uh, Psy, I think, uh, in the set is not in the set, but it was an M twenty, I believe. So, yeah, you can just make like a bunch of Thopters, have them pay for a creature to bring in that'll make more artifacts. So, there's some there's some cool stuff with uh, with all that. So, all right, moving on, they have what they call the classic theme: elephant versus crocodile. And first up is Hamza, Guardian of Arashan. It's Four green white for a legendary creature elephant warrior at uncommon. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. And creature spells you cast cost one less to cast for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it. And then we have Amit Eternal. It is a two and a black for a zombie crocodile demon at rare. It is a five five with a flick three. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a minus one, minus one counter on Amit Eternal. Whenever Amit Eternal deals combat damage to a player, remove all minus one, minus one counters from it. Kosa, are you really jazzed that they brought back this classic theme of elephant versus crocodile? I'll be honest. I didn't know that was a classic theme. So I guess 
I was I've been out of the loop here. Um, I think I think I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a classic theme. Good job, Wizards. You, you stumped us all. Um, as for the cards, uh, Emmett, I'm not very familiar with. Uh, Hamza, I am. And at first, when I saw this card, I was like, that's such a weird card to put in here. However, there is a uh, plus one plus one counters theme in uh, Arena, just like between a lot of the cards that have it. And so this being a 5-5 five, five for two mana actually is not that bad, to be quite honest. So... I think this card might actually be good. I, I'm actually going to go on a limb and say this is actually going to be competitive. Yeah, if either of those cards are, I think it'll be that one. Um, it's just because it goes in a high synergy deck. Yes. Yeah. Ami Eternal is just like a mid-range card and that just isn't good enough. In modern what, is a, what does a flick do again? Do you remember? If it's blocked, they take that much damage. So if you block Ami Eternal, you take three damage. Okay. I mean, that's kind of cool, but... The drawback is, let me read this again, so whenever an opponent casts a spell, okay, so basically they just have to cast spells to kill it. Um, I mean, it's still kind of cool, but no, I, I think Hamza would definitely, uh, like you said, because it's a synergy card, and I think there's a lot of good plus one counter themes in Arena. Yeah, I think this card's actually be pretty good. Also, Amity Eternal has negative synergy with Vorinclex. Whenever they cast a spell, you have to put two minus one, minus one counters on it. <laughs> That sucks. R.I.P. Eternal, you were short-lived. Next up, they have some miscellaneous cards. First up is Sawtusk Demolisher. It is four green-green for a beast at rare. It is a 6-6 six, six with Trample. It has Mutate for three and a green. And whenever this creature mutates, destroy target non-creature permanent. Its controller creates a 3-3 three, three green beast creature token. And then we have Harmless Offering. Two and a red for a sorcery at rare. Target opponent gains control of target permanent you control. And then we have Collected Conjuring. Two blue red for a sorcery at rare. Exile the top six cards of your library. You may cast up to two sorcery spells with mana value. Wow, they eroded this already. Mana value three or less from among them without paying their mana costs. Put the exiled cards not cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. And I guess just a quick aside, mutate. You can put the creature from your hand onto a non-human creature you control for its mutate cost, either above or below, and then it has the traits of those cards. Costa, what do you think about these? So, funny enough, I am happy to see Sawtest Demolisher here from a Brawl deck, because I have a Netheroy Brawl deck that I like to play a lot. So, uh, great there. I don't... I, see this at all being competitive though um i mean i guess there's a world where you i don't know keep chaining mutate cards and get rid of your opponent's lands but then they have a bunch of three threes huh, whatever harmless offering um that's for the memes uh there's some cool stuff you can do with it though uh just giving away your what is it liliana's demonic pact whatever that is um and stuff like that so that's a cool card and then collected conjuring didn't see any play in modern to my knowledge because honestly it's pretty awful but i think it'll see uh at least some fringe push to try to be competitive so 
yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're cool. Uh, again, I, the choices, like of all the cards they keep choosing to like just throw in here, uh, it's kind of baffles me how they like get to these uh, at the end of the day. But yeah, they're all right. What about you? You like any of these? Or this isn't like a Modern Horizon set review, but just why isn't Collected Conjuring an instant and why can't it get instants and sorceries? Like, would it be really that OP if it did? So I think... I think at instant speed, actually, it would be pretty strong. Um, and also, well, that's if it could get instance as well. So, yeah, the fact that it doesn't do either, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if it was going to be at sorcery speed, then it should have been able to do instance and sorceries. And then if it was an instant and it didn't do instance, then they should have made it to where you can play them. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of baffling. Uh, I think, I think their idea here was like, okay, we're going to make a card that's comparable to collect a company. Like they did with some of the cards, like they made like comparable cards, but they didn't want to make it that much powerful. And this is one of the ones that like fell on the other side of the spectrum where it's like, okay, this isn't busted, not even playable kind of spectrum. Right. So I have no opinions on these trash cards. <laughs> and then, and then we have what Watsy deemed best for last and that is Death Shadow. It is a single black mana avatar at rare for a 13-13. However, Death Shadow gets minus X, minus X, where X is your life total. Costa, do you think they saved best for last, or do you think they saved a card that won't see any play for last? I see this as the M. Night Shyamalan's uh, avatar, The Last Airbender. And the reason why I say that is because M. Night Shyamalan directed that movie and was like, you know what? This show is really popular. Everyone loves this. I basically could do whatever I want and it's going to be a hit. And then he made the movie and it was god awful garbage. Here's Watsi being like, oh yeah, everyone loves Death Shadow. Like it works, right? We're just going to throw it in here and say it's the best card. Not realizing like the context of Death Shadow. Now maybe they play tested and maybe it actually is playable, but I think this is unplayable because there's like no fetches sure we have shock lands but uh i just can't think of many other ways to damage myself maybe like in like a a mardu deck there's the mythic lands that let you bolt yourself yeah you have those two and that's fine that's what i'm saying like maybe in a mardu deck because you like you get three colors so that means you get three mythic lands um you get to do a bunch of damage that way. And then there's, um, there's things like a Danto Vanguard. Like you could pay for life to hurt yourself. Like, yes, there are playable realms with this, but I just think like it wasn't this mega all-star that I'm, that I was expecting, right. To be like the, the premier card. Right. So but is Death Shadow even like still like a viable modern deck? Yeah. Yeah. It's still viable modern. Um, now recently with the bannings, I, I don't know, uh, where it's sitting right now, but Death Shadow is always going to be one of those decks where it's very playable. Now it'll just fluctuate between what tier it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it is, it's a good card and modern, but with no fetches and stuff like that, and nah, it's kind of hard to say how good it's going to be. I just struggle. It's like it's a vanilla creature. It's just going to get killed. I struggle. I don't see it as shaking up the. Me- it doesn't have the synergy around it. Sansi is shaking up the meta at all. But we have we have Scourge of the Skyclaves, so it's like see, the, no play. 
Uh, no, there's a there's a historic deck that plays it. It's in the Jun Sacrifice deck, I think. Or not Jun Sacrifice, it's in the, the Sacrifice deck. Like, it has some play too, but it's just not... I think playing them both together and then really going all in on the strategy, like, I think... I, I take it back what I said. It's not unplayable. It's just, like, very, very, very straightforward, linear. Like, like it's going to have a really tight list, I feel like. And there's not going to be much deviation from around, or around from that. And then, like, if you're playing decks like... I don't know. Like, I think like elves would definitely like do really well against this because it's like super wide. Like, Death Shadow doesn't have trample, and I don't think we have like Raking Claws only gives double strike, not trample. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're run amuck it. Do it. You can use run amuck. <laughs> oh God! If we have to use that trash, that's pretty bad. Yeah, hey, I'm playing that in standard right now. Yeah, but again, I'm you're not winning with it. But, okay, I was gonna give you. I was gonna give you like some kind of uh, props, but yeah. Okay, well, you hurt yourself on that one. So uh, yeah, I was playing the gold span where you just like cycle like unleash fury and then raking oh claws, and God. if they have a, I, I, and I kept losing. Like if they had a flying chump blockers, so, all right, add run amuck to give it trample too. Uh, all right, <laughs> so real quick, which which card do you think inspired me to want to play more historic? Hmm inspired you to play more historic uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be safe here because you like to do no that's not even that safe is it hamza no okay all right so when back when arena was in like early beta i think even before they added kaladesh to the client and so it was like semi-standard like dominaria had just been released um I made a sick mono black deck with that's win con was four copies of torments of scarabs and some torments of hailfires. Oh my God. I'm surprised you didn't cut me off when I was <laughs> saying this wasn't going to be played. <laughs> I, I decided to save it to the end and have you guess. So I really, it's like just like this stupid attrition deck that its main thing is just, it beats creature decks. Cause you run nothing but removal and board wipes. And then, Torments of Scarabs and Torments of Hellfire. So maybe it'll beat Elves, maybe it'll beat Goblins, but if you run across any sort of control deck, then you might as well just insta-concede. I'm really excited to build that deck again. I was very disappointed when Torments of Scarabs was not in Amonkhet Remastered. Mm. I think I remember you saying that. I should have I should have picked up on that. Wait, real quick, why is this bad against the control deck? Because they pay three life. It gets countered. Oh, okay. And, and, then saying, most, okay. and then most of your cards don't do anything because they're all removal spells. Uh, but for the control deck, I mean, that's why I think like if this resolves is pretty good because they have to pay three life or they sacrifice a non-land permanent or discard a card. So like they're running out of their like the, the attrition battle. You win if this lands like a planeswalker almost. Yeah, if it resolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I, mean, I just remember just losing like every blue deck whenever I played with it back in the day. Blue black is your new friend, Micah. No, it's mono black. Because you didn't know, because you need to run Cabal Stronghold with nothing but swamps. So you can get a really big Torment of Hellfire. Well, it's kind of cool because you can run this like you have Tiny Bones too in Historic. So you can run that together as well. You can make like some kind of like discard sack deck with it, like mono and then black. Turgrid too now? Oh, yeah. See, yeah. The card might, I might be wrong, but yeah, I just don't see it being a thing. I mean, I was not going to be a thing. It's just that's something I want to be. <laughs> well, I already told you what my favorite was because I thought it was be yours too. But I actually, I think Hamza is not only the, my favorite card out of this. Um, 
I think I think this is actually going to be competitive, to be quite honest. Like I can see this being at least for a little while uh, a top a top deck. Now again, I haven't played much historic to know what the meta is looking like, so maybe it just gets crushed. But I think having a five five for two mana is pretty sick, and that's not going to happen all the time. Like realistically, it's probably going to be like four for a five five, maybe even three for a five five. But I think it's going to be pretty mm-hmm. good. All right, I'm not. I'm just going to be crafting the cards I want. I'm not going to be buying this real quick. Are you going to be buying it or are you just going to be crafting? No, definitely crafting because I mean, the cards, what I'm buying is basically sort of body and mind. And that's about it because I mean, there's two mythics, right? There's that mm-hmm. one and the other, the triumphant reckoning. So yeah, it's not, it's not worth the money at all or, or the gems gold, whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to the game real fast. We're running a little short on time for this game. Since you fancy yourself a nice MTG finance man, I put together a list of 10 cards and you're going to be estimating prices. And I have four levels of difficulty. There's easy, which you only have to get within $5 to like win the point card or whatever. And sure. but you have to get 10 out of 10 Okay. to get all of them. There's normal, which is within 250, but you only have to get seven out of 10 to win. Okay. There's hard, which is within a dollar, but you only have to get five out of 10. And then very hard, which is within a dollar, but you can't go over. You only huh. get three out of 10. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Which, which difficulty level would you like to play at, sir? Let's start with fear easy, just to get a little taste for it and see where we're at here. All right, guys, we'll have to come back to this another time to for sure we can do it all right so the very first card is nickel bolus the ravager slash nickel bolus the arisen from m19 uh i'm gonna say 26 bucks it is has a market price of 26 dollars and 77 cents look at that it's not bad right all right so you're one for one Mm -hmm. all right I'm pretty sure I cheated on this one. <laughs> I was like, oh, if you've heard of this card and get it right, I'm going to be astounded. We have In the Eye of Chaos. Oh, no. I don't even know. Oh, nope. Don't even a, know this is. This is a world enchantment from Legends. World enchantment from Legends. Is it on the reserve list? At its price, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, here's the thing. If it's not on the reserve list, it doesn't really matter because a lot of those Legends cards have, have like mega spiked. I'm gonna go on a limb and say it's two hundred bucks. You're actually pretty close, but you do yeah. not get the point. It is has a market price of one hundred eighty three dollars and twenty nine cents. Uh, okay, yeah, it's it, it's two and a wait, wait, wait. How is this easy? Hold on a second. Isn't that... <laughs> just because just because well, no, the price no, range? <laughs> the rest of the cards. The rest of the cards are more. I just saw this and I'm like that's hilarious. I'll add a, I'll add another card just because that one's probably not very fair, but. <laughs> it's two and a blue for a world enchantment this is like all instants and interrupts get countered unless you pay an additional x or x is their uh mana, mana cost. cost mana value <laughs> oh that's pretty cool it doesn't even say mana cost it's like however much you spent to cast that spell but uh huh. so real quick just so i understand correctly so it counters instants and interrupts Oh, and interrupts. Oh, I guess that was a different thing. I I keep forgetting that was like two different cards. But anyways, so it counters them unless they basically pay double the cost for it. That's kind of yeah. cool. All right, I'll I'll add another one onto the end. 
But the third one we have is The Great Henge from Throne of Eldraine. Ooh, man. This one's kind of fluctuated. I'm going to go also, with... Talk, talk a little bit. Talk. No, I don't have a whole lot of time. Just guess it. <laughs> All right. So with The Great Henge, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong on this one, I, but I think it's about 60. Wah, wah, wah. It has a market price of $45.21. Yeah, that 60 was the last price I looked at it, unfortunately. Like, it went yeah. up and then it went back down. As the supreme judge of this game, I am changing these rules. <laughs> for easy, you hard have to get <laughs> for, for, uh, you have to get 8 out of 10. So you're 1 for 3. <laughs> Even though you, have, you have a mulligan that we'll use later. Next up is Teferi Time Raveler from War of the Spark. Uh, 11 bucks. Market price of 1068. All right, cool, cool. You are two for two or two for four or two for three or whatever. We're doing. Whatever, whatever the rule, whatever the game's right. master is. Okay. Today. Next up, we have Gaia's Touch from the Dark. Oh, my God. Do you want me to tell you what the card does? Uh, it doesn't really matter, but it's because it's a dark card. <sighs> Man. Those cards have been blowing up too. I just don't know how popular it is because I don't know what it does. I'm going to say 100, whatever. I'm going to say 100. Let me tell you what it does first. Sure. Okay. It is green, green for an enchantment that allows you to play an extra land each turn as long as that land is a basic forest. And you can sack it to add green, green to your mana pool. It was a common. Oh, it was a common? Mm hmm. That still is, I don't know. That doesn't really change that much to me. I'll drop it to 50. Market price of two dollars and sixty cents. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so what is that now? You uh, two for five with the mulligan thing. So we'll say just say two for four. Sure. Um, next up, we have Sword of Fire and Ice from Dark Steel. Original Dark Steel. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna say forty-five on that one. Market price of $42.87. All right, okay. Three for five. See, we, there's a little trend here. If you don't give me super old cards, I feel like we're in the okay area. Because right <laughs> now, between the Legends, and the, now granted that Dark card wasn't expensive, but if you look like OG Blood Moon of the Dark, I think it's like I think it's pushing up high prices. I think it's like close to 100 bucks. I could be wrong, but I know that stuff is all just blowing up. Well, next we have... Omnath, Locus of Mana from World Wake. OG Omnath. I tried uh, to go with the original printings for... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think OG would probably... So it hit 30. I'm going to say it dropped down to like 25 bucks. Ooh. Market price of $29.43. Ooh, still, that was close. You were, you were close. You were almost yeah. out of there. Well. But, but I referenced its price before, which it's mm-hmm. still at. <laughs> All right. So that's four for six. Mm-hmm. All right. Number eight is Jessica's Will from Commander Legends. Uh, I'm going to go with 10. Market price at $9.71. All right. All right. See these cheaper cards, they're a lot easier. Whatever. <laughs> It's not even that, like I said, like, cause like the, so real quick, this, I'll just get into this real fast. So for those of y'all that are jumping into this reserve list hype or old card market, whatever it is, 
just understand that yes, the cards are very high priced right now, and yes, there's a scarcity on a lot of them, but also understand that the prices could be manufactured simply because if everyone's running out to grab these cards because of the fear of missing out on like getting into like old product, it's going to blow up these prices. And I'm not saying that they're going to come back down. I mean, if you're really comfortable paying certain prices for some of these cards, pick them up because I mean, especially if they're reserveless, like they're not going to reprint them. But it's so volatile right now. I mean, it's like it's basically like the GameStop stock right now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's really if you're hearing about it, you're already too late. Like you had to be in on a lot of the stuff really early. Like some of the cards that I've picked up from there, uh, they were cheap and I was comfortable with them. A, a good example is Urtai Wizard Adept. Picked it up at at about ten bucks or whatever, and supposedly it's at forty bucks right now. Like there, there's there's some caveats there. So, anyways, continue with the game, sir. What I meant is that like a ten dollar card, the five dollar window for you to guess it is oh, yeah. that's huge compared to like like a fifty dollar card. But either way, moving on, we have Field of the Dead. So that one hit thirty bucks, but I think it I think it retraced all the way back to like twelve. I'm gonna stick with twelve. Market price is seventeen dollars and sixty one cents. Dang, just out of it. Mm. Oh, you can't win now. Nope, I'm out of it. That's all right. All right. We'll continue. Alright, I gotta look at the replacement card real fast. I can give you a card that I don't that I actually don't know the price of. <laughs> I'll pl- play my own game. <laughs> no, here, I got I'm at... here. I, I, here, because I want to know the price of it anyway. Because I was curious about it. So you're gonna look it up and tell me after I guess the price. But Morphon the Boundless for Modern Horizons. So the last time I checked on this card, it was running somewhere about. I think it was like anywhere from ten to twenty bucks, and the set's been out for a year now. I'm going to say that it's hovering around 25 market price, $18 and 87 cents. Ah, so it's still kind of sitting there. Okay. Well, answer a question and I lost. (laughs) You lost, but there's still one more. See how much you lose by our last card is divine gambit from Kaldheim. Jeez. (laughs) So I'm going to say 20 cents and I have what, like a five cent cushion. You're gonna give yourself a five cent cushion? Sure, I'm gonna give myself a five cent cushion. Dude, this car has a market price of five cents. It's not even worth that. Oh <laughs> uh, man, Divine Gambit just forever living in infamy, especially on this podcast. But that'll do it for today's episode of MTG Untapped. What did y'all think of what we talked about today? Are y'all looking forward to Modern Horizons and Strixhaven? We'd be picking up Historic Anthology Four. Let us know on Twitter at MTG Untapped Pod or follow us on Facebook at MTG Untapped Podcast. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to talk about or other game ideas you'd like to see us carry out, whatever, shoot us an email at untappedmailbag at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to get these podcasts immediately when they drop every Friday morning, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a five-star review. It'd be very much appreciated. This has been episode eight of the MTG Untapped podcast. I have been the Micah signing off for Costa. We will talk to y'all next week. Later. Happy birthday, dad.